If you're like me, at this point, you spend more time consuming content on YouTube or Instagram stories than you spend Googling stuff. And trust me, it's not just me and you. Many people are shifting the way they're consuming content simply because watching short videos is easier and lazier than actually reading. I know there will be a few of you in the back of the class that will disagree. I've seen you, Mark Jenner, but you can't deny that it's a trend for most people. So in today's podcast, we are going to talk about how video fits in the authority site model and how you can use it to grow faster. Let's get started. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. No hype, no BS, no censorship. Just real-life online marketing tactics. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Atari Hacker Podcast. We're not going to do the weird intro today. We are actually going to switch to our new intro, which is, hey Mark, what have you been working on this week? Why, thank you, Gail. How very kind of you for asking. This week, I've actually just finished doing another podcast. So this is my second podcast of the day. So apologies if I'm a little bit sluggish. That one will be coming out next week after this goes out. It's with a trademark lawyer. I know a lot of people have been asking about that. And it's a heavy, heavy topic, but certainly one which uh, most website owners should probably get their hands into. So make sure you check that one out. Aside from that, I have been working on Authority Hacker Pro. I finished the first blueprint, uh, Link Building 1. That's actually going to be coming out in a few weeks' time. So if you're already an AH Pro member, uh, you'll have access to that, of course. And then I've already started working on two new blueprints as well. So working on those simultaneously and hoping to get them finished in the next month or so. Yeah, it's no secret. We talked about this last week, but we're doing an AH Pro launch in uh, mid-October. Yeah, yeah. We're also going to just, till the end of the year, we're just going to keep pushing a lot of content to H4. Like, we feel like uh, we have some new tactics that were not necessarily included so far and so on. So it's a good time for us to just, like, batch this all and just, like, make all of this. So, like, I've just finished, like, content templates, but I've gone quite deep. It's funny because, you know, I'm doing content templates where I'm, like, brainstorming different types of articles, like, you know, list posts and how to post, etc. But for most of them, I like actually showcase a different niche at the same time. So I, I, it's kind of like a mini niche research. I, I, every time I'm like, I'll show you it works in pretty much every niche. And I just like, one of them is like diet pills. One of them is like vaping. Uh, I, I took like the dirtiest affiliate niches as well to show some examples and so on. Because I know like a lot of members and stuff like that are in these niches. They pay a lot of money in affiliates. And so like, I wanted to show that these contents work in these niches. So it was pretty fun. I like it as well because like, I'm trying to like, maintain the same spirit of the podcast which is like structured but at the same time allowing yourself to like take tangents so that you just like oh this is actually interesting let's go dig into this even if it's slightly off topic and so i try to like kind of maintain that when i'm doing mine right now i'm doing like a, a big editorial system update right now it's gonna be pretty cool actually a lot of like uh, custom asana stuff and so on so i think people are gonna like that a lot if they're scaling content and i'm gonna do a lot of like advanced skilled research after that so that's basically it, but that is just the intro. We're supposed to talk about uh, videos today. I guess that is videos. We're doing videos for this podcast right now. Actually, we're actually recording right now. We are not using these videos yet. So it's kind of like this podcast is like half a case of like do what we say, not what we do. Because we're actually not, we haven't deployed all that stuff, but we're kind of like going to share a bit of our plans in this podcast and how we plan on like using these videos for the podcast and how we hope is going to grow it as well and so on. So let's just get started on the podcast. I want to reiterate a little bit of what I've said in the intro, which is the way people are consuming content is changing and the way content is distributed by the main platforms through which we get traffic. So, you know, a lot of like Google platforms and Facebook platforms, etc., is heavily, heavily, heavily 
skewed towards video more and more to the point where if you don't have this in your content creation process, you are going to start struggling getting rich with your content when you share it. So we're going to start with the most obvious, which is YouTube. Lots of people, including me, use YouTube as their main search engine for tutorials and product information. So like when I'm looking to buy a product, I really like having someone that has it in hand and like shows you and like unboxing. Unboxing is one of the biggest YouTube niches. So it, it, there's clearly something around that. Like people go directly to YouTube. It's not like, okay. And then for the people who Google it, very often now, YouTube videos are the featured snippets anyway, or like they're like, there's a carousel of videos, etc. So regardless, people get traffic to their videos quite a bit. I mean, I actually got that stuff. Why, why do you think it is that when someone Googles it, they more often than not click the, the YouTube button? Is it, is it because there's something inherent about video or is it they're just being drawn to that like picture on the SERP? Yeah, I think there's a bit of that, right? Because the thumbnail shows up. Uh, especially when, so there's two cases where YouTube videos snippets will show up. It's like when is the main featured snippet, which is like a massive thumbnail. It works especially well. Like if you want to see an example of that, Google any very popular song, like Google any kind of like Justin Bieber song or whatever. And then you will see like, this is not just a carousel video. It's like that one massive video that takes half your screen. I mean, it's so visual. It takes so much real estate. So this one is like that. And then the rest is like, yeah, I think like because click-through rate is a massive search factor on YouTube, like people clicking to your video from the search on YouTube, people have been optimizing thumbnails for a long time for them to be clickbaity. You know, that's why you have these like arrows, red arrows and circles and all that stuff. And so, well, when these end up on search, well, guess what? It's also clickbaity on the search results. So it's like, um, I, I don't have the data. I'd be very interested if anyone has the data. Actually, we started using Twitter more. So if you want to like react to any of that, you can tweet at Atari Hacker. If you want to say anything or if you disagree with anything, that'd be quite interesting to hear about that. You can also follow us if you don't follow us on Twitter. But we're starting to use Twitter a little bit more. But basically, yeah, that's YouTube. And also, YouTube is so much easier to rank than Google at this point. Like, you can rank for massive people. It's funny. I'm going to uh, reveal one of the keywords we rank for on YouTube because we don't use it and we haven't used it for years. But we rank for eHarmony Review, I think, like number two or something like this. We used to be number one for years. And literally, that's a site we never ended up. is an online dating platform for, for anyone not in the know. Okay, yeah. It's like, a, it's more for old people, right? It's like, it's for people who fingers have too much arthritis to use uh, Tinder. And uh, that's eHarmony. And yeah, it's like, a, they, they have a really high CPA. I think it's like a, up to 200 bucks or something. I, I can't remember. I didn't check for it. But at the time at which we signed up, it was around that. We wanted to make an online dating site. We never did it. So, but we rank, like that was one of our tests and we ranked number two, I think I checked recently for that. And it's like, we haven't touched that video in like four years or something. And we haven't even tried very hard to rank it in the first place. So it shows you how easy it is to rank on YouTube, ranking for this on Google. We would have shuffled a million times by, by the time we're actually not touching this for a while. That's YouTube. And that's just organic YouTube. We're going to talk about ads in a second. Second is stories, right? So stories are videos most of the time. I mean, you can do kind of like, photos but they don't get nearly as much engagement as like short videos and that uh, that is one thing that will deviate this podcast with i think a lot of people when we say well you should have video the old thing about youtube and like becoming a youtuber etc so we'll talk about this later but stories like i'll tell a story about my friend who wanted to go to affiliate world but he's a cheap ass so he wanted a free ticket so he emailed or messaged dm'd or whatever the guy who organized it who said oh if you send me 250 leads to my email list 
then I'll send you a free ticket. And that guy has a bit of a following Instagram. It's not that crazy. It's like 30K maybe, 30, 30, 40K. Not that crazy. But literally pulls his phone out, makes a story on like how I felt it was going to be amazing. And little do you know, like uh, a few hours later, he literally has, he got the 250 leads just from like one story. Why? Because all the 10,000 followers, you can actually have this swipe up action that sends people to any link you want. It can be an affiliate link, can be a landing page, can be, yeah, your, your blog post, whatever it is, which uh, it seems like these stories do send quite a bit of traffic, provided you have this threshold of followers that are engaged enough. So stories, videos, again, super powerful. Then we're going to talk about advertising, right? Advertising platforms are majorly skewed towards, towards video as well. So we're going to start with YouTube ads, right? So on YouTube, first of all, you can build audiences of people that you can advertise to from people who watch your videos. They don't have to be subscribers. They don't have to do anything, etc. It's so powerful. I mean, I know for a fact that when we run retargeting, the revenue is like 10x what we make from cold traffic, right? Uh, even, even more, sometimes 40 times. It's crazy. So... The fact that you can actually build these audiences for people who watch your videos on YouTube without them even having to touch your website or anything, like it's really easy to get a YouTube view, much easier than it is to get people to your website, means that you can build these crazy engaged audiences and then sell stuff to them and make a ton of money, provided you sell services or promote high-end offers, right? Not only that, but you can actually create, I can't remember the name in AdWords, but like kind of lookalike audiences for people who watch your videos. And so that allows you to tell YouTube to find more people like people who watch videos or more people like people that converted from these audiences, et cetera, and uh, essentially just use that. But for that, first of all, you need videos that people watch on YouTube. And the ads that you're going to be running, they're essentially going to be video as well on YouTube, most likely. So you need that video creation engine, right? And Facebook ads as well. So Facebook ads, you can run any kind of ads and you can, it can be quite profitable. But with video ads, you get something extra, which it allows you to build audiences of people who engage and watch the video for, I think it's like three seconds, 10 seconds, 25%, 50%, 75%, 100%. So you can pick all these options and you can be like, okay, give me the list of the people. It doesn't give you a list, but prepare a list of the people that watch 50% of my video, for example. And then you can tell they're more engaged than the rest. And then you can push more advertising to these people without them having to, again, touch your website or anything like that. And probably the cheapest way to build highly engaged, highly likely to buy audiences on Facebook. If you mix that together with like lookalike audiences from buyers, from like from selling stuff, it's quite powerful because you take a lookalike audience, that's like 2 million people, you throw your video ad at them and then they're already likely to be like your buyers because you created that lookalike audience. And then you take the people who watch like most of the video and then you advertise heavily to them. And it's like such a nice way to like narrow down to an audience that's very likely to buy. It's incredible. Like it's so powerful. But again, you need videos for this. Something else about video on social media platforms in terms of advertising, because the whole game with social media is standing out from everything else that's in your feed, right? People are just endlessly scrolling and they stop you know, maybe for a microsecond to something that's partially interesting to see if they'll spend more, invest more time watching the video, listening, hearing, reading what it is. And it's so hard to attract people's attention because there's so many people calling out, trying to grab it left, right, and center. The thing with video, and you'll notice a lot of video ads do this, is because they have movement in them, you know, someone waving their arms about or some kind of movement action at the start, it automatically triggers your eye and you just, you're drawn to it initially. So you stand out so much more than even the best 
designed colorful graphic or certainly text in the world. So it's, it's just you're on a much higher starting ground, even if your video is kind of just average than, than, than anyone else. Yeah. Not only that, but actually the organic social media side of things. So not, not paid, like organic people who your followers or like whatever the reach of your posts is much higher when you use videos. First of all, there's like, you just get more people. You post a video on your page, you get access to more people than if you post an image or if you post a link, especially a link. Then there's also things like Instagram TV, for example, if you're on Instagram, which allows you to do like these really long videos. It's kind of like YouTube. It's not nearly as popular as YouTube. But again, you can post the same videos on all these platforms. Lives get extra exposure, both on YouTube, on Facebook, and on Instagram. You essentially get on the top of everyone's feed. Something we're considering doing for this, this podcast as well. So actually live streaming us, like the raw version of us recording it, mistakes included, as a live stream. And then the podcast that goes out will be like the edited version. Yeah, I mean, again, you can tell us on Twitter what you think. We could probably have a chat around that as well. Like people can like ask questions or like comments as we do that, which would be kind of cool, actually. Anyway, I'll tell you, Haka, if you want to tell us what you think about this. So for all of these reasons, basically, video just gives you all these this new spectrum of stuff that you can take advantage of and just get more out of the stuff you're already doing, right? Uh, but it's not just that. It's also engagement, right? Engagement from video and audio is a million times stronger. I'm not, okay, that's not factual. It's a lot stronger. <laughs> it's a lot stronger than written content. And I think we are a great example of that, right? So this podcast, I think, is by far the strongest engagement medium we have on Atari Hacker. And that's despite the fact that we invest thousands of dollars in doing crazy data studies on the blog, which I'm sure most of the listeners haven't even noticed. When I meet people in real life, they will most of the time mention the podcast first, despite the crazy production value that we put in the blog. And it's like, I can definitely see that shift happening, right? So when we started Atari Hacker, it was, I mean, we had, we have a podcast for a while, right? We even had the first version of it, et cetera. It was popular enough to count it in the, in the, and people were still like focused on the blog, but I see as time is passing that essentially the shift of attention is shifting towards the podcast uh, more and more and less towards the written content. And it's a trend that I've seen with a lot of companies. I think uh, Kevin, we had on the podcast as well, right? Kevin Espiritu. As soon as he started building a community and doing video content, that's when he exploded. That's when he went completely crazy. He went from like having a site that was making, it was, he was making five figures as like a test site, basically, a toy site system site. But you know, now he makes a lot more than that because he's like he has such a big community around him, basically. And that's because of the increased engagement from that kind of content over written content. Even if you say the same stuff, even if the production value is not amazing, this podcast production value is not amazing. We are working on making it better. Uh, we are like uh, Mark's moving to a new house soon. So if we have the video at this point, you might see the green background behind me. He's going to have the same setup in his place, etc. But yeah, this podcast is a good example of that. Not amazing production value, but still incredible engagement and higher engagement than any written content, even though we put more effort in the written content, which is kind of funny, actually. Another example of like a company that does a good job with videos is actually Thrive Teams. I think Thrive Teams is not a product we recommend anymore, but I would definitely recommend you check their marketing because it's pretty good. And they have an incredibly engaged audience, like way more than any software company that I know. Maybe like, I mean, Elementor is pretty engaged too. 
But for the size of the audience, I think Thrive Team's audience is much smaller than Elemental. But like you go on one of their blog posts, there's like a hundred comments or something, and people go crazy. Why? Because they start with video from day one. It's like a video that's on top of the post, and below there's kind of like a written version, more extended version. And that's, they've been doing that from day one. And the amount of engagement they get for that kind of software company is absolutely incredible. And I'm telling you, most of their competitors took a page from their book here, actually. So when you're selling products and or when you're recommending products as an affiliate, this increased engagement will very often translate directly into more sales, right? And that's what I want to say. Like, I mean, if you want to be like a quick and dirty affiliate ranking for best credit card and just, I mean... Good luck for you if you want to rank for that keyword, but I'm sure there might be a few people who listen to this podcast who rank for this kind of keyword. You don't necessarily need video, but I think there's something that's happening also in the industry, which is getting cold traffic to your site. People who've never seen you is getting harder, basically. Featured snippets, crazy Google updates, less reach on organic social media, etc. Like basically, the more the more things are happening, the more difficult it is getting. And so, you know, I think it's a podcast that we should do another time that, to develop a bit more that. But I think because of that switching to that kind of like high engagement, returning visitors, business model as a site, it's starting to make more and more sense for more people rather than like when it's very easy to rank on Google and all when it's just less shifting in the sub results, etc. I agree, but I also disagree in, in a way. I think it's perhaps always been like that. It's just that three or four years ago, when we were in our, let's say, relatively early days doing this kind of stuff, our goal, we weren't thinking about how do we go from six to seven figures. We we're thinking about how, how do we go from four to five. And it's a, it's a very different like set of mindset and, and things which you have to be doing at those different levels. And one of them is building that like true engagement communities, all those, those kinds of, of things. You don't need to do that to get to you know, 10K a month or whatever. I think you can still like you can make a shit ton of money ranking on Google and not engaging anyone for the right niches, but not for every niche. I think when you switch to that model, like the amount of niches that are available is increasing massively. If you start opening your products and uh, building a community, like the number of niches is like 100x or something, you know. It also it's all about like how many barriers to entry are there behind you. I mean, creating a website and putting content out there, it's certainly getting a lot easier. It used to be even you know, 10 years ago when WordPress was still around then, but it was still pretty tough to like get everything working. And it, you know, it's, it's just super easy. Uh, you don't need literally any coding skills these days to do it. The fact that content was pretty bad back in the day, let's be honest, and in general, but people have learned how to structure it and how to get better at actually producing it. So it's a bit easier for anyone to you know, come off the street, as it were, and, and set up a, a blog and start talking about something. So maybe there's more people coming into the market and there's more people can come and do better content. But video, it's like kind of one level above that. Okay, it's also getting more accessible and easy to get into, but it's still the percentage of people who can create written content versus the percentage of who can do video content it's, it's you know it's a, a lot smaller group of people who can do video content well it's kind of like you want to do something that's hard to do if, if it's too easy essentially it becomes cheap and it becomes highly, highly competitive and usually when something becomes easy profit margins decrease and that's, that's what happens we say this but you know i guess on the flip side of it is you know everyone and their and their brother wants to become a youtuber these days if you're going on the full on hey this is my vlog this is my life come watch me kind of thing without really much of a business behind it 
then like that's so saturated. There's not really that much much money in there. What we're talking about is kind of using video to build a business as a traffic channel, you know, like and as a way to multiply traffic channels. And that's actually something I wanted to talk about next, which is when you use these multiple channels that video makes available, like you know, social media, YouTube, etc. You can actually, especially if you're doing SEO already. You can use these things to have that mutual growth thing. I was talking about this with Charles Foss. Charles Foss literally sends me pictures of this camera this morning. And he's like, oh, we're going to go crazy into video. I'm like, oh, that's funny. I'm doing a podcast on this tonight. But like, if you already have SEO, if you're already ranking for, for keywords, especially informational keywords, but product keywords works too, right? And you want to get started in the video and you want to grow your YouTube channel really fast and or you want to grow your social platforms, whatever it is. It's so easy. Just make videos about the products where you rank. And that's actually where, that's what Kevin did. That's how he grew his YouTube channel initially. So he found the pages where he was ranking and getting a bunch of traffic. He's like, I'm going to make a video for these pages or multiple videos for that matter. And what happens is you essentially get an unfair advantage because people land on your site and many of these will watch the video. Except a, a view... It's like, I mean, it's a ranking factor in YouTube. So you're using the SEO traffic to start ranking higher on YouTube. And as you start ranking higher on YouTube for your targeted keywords, well, guess what? You get more views to your video, more subscribers, et cetera. And as you get subscribers, every time you post, like people, more people watch your video immediately. And as a result, your videos rank higher. So you kind of have that. And then when you do that, like you can do the same. You can do videos about your new blog posts and promote the blog post from there. And there's kind of like that ping pong effect that goes between platforms where you're like, hey, you're on YouTube, go check out the blog post about this. Hey, you're on my blog post, watch the YouTube videos just below. And each platform is actually boosting each other in terms of traffic. And it's like, as I was telling Charles, I was like, it's like not one plus one equal two, it's like one plus one equals three. Like it's just crazy that synergy that actually gives you a huge advantage. And if at the end of your videos, you're like, hey, don't forget to follow me on social media, like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, da, 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 et cetera. Again, these channels will grow and then you will have a new video, then you can post it there. It gets some views, the views increase the rankings. And then that video mentions the blog post. People go check the blog post out, they share it, it might get links. You see how these kind of like, almost like creates an, a very old school link wheel, but organically, you know? <laughs> I think that's the power of this. It's like, and only video kind of like allows you to do that because it unlocks all these channels. Like as I said, Instagram TV, you can do lives, you can do these like uh, video premieres on YouTube. Now on YouTube, you don't even have to do videos to reach your subscribers, by the way. You can just do posts like you would do on Facebook, reaches people. Meaning that if you're an announcement, you have a sales link. You don't even need a video. You can literally just put it like your Facebook page and you have subscribers and then people just like go there and click on your link and buy stuff. So it's quite powerful together with like these retargeting audiences, etc. It's quite crazy, actually. That's the one thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, and it's probably a, something that we'll talk a lot about in the new Atari Hacker Pro, actually. It's definitely a system that we're we actually going for. So actually, the, I call it the video content first approach. Basically, every piece of content starts with a video. It's something we want to do uh, from next year on Atari Hacker. We're very busy updating Atari Hacker Pro till the end of the year. And I want to give best experience to the customers. So we're going to focus on that and keep content going as it is for now. But it's, you know, you say that and part of the reason we're, I guess, doing this podcast and talking about video so much is because in Authority Hacker Pro, it's all videos, right? We've been working on our video production a lot. And we're like, well, hey, this would work really well on YouTube or this would do really well there. So. I think our Vimeo account has like 500 plus videos actually uploaded, doesn't it? It's actually a lot of videos. It's an interesting kind of dynamic because with, with online courses, 
you pretty much have to be in video these days to even compete. It's like, why would I spend $200 on a, an, an ebook when someone else has made the same but in video? It's just a much better experience to, to kind of consume it, really. So in, in that space, which is like the most commercial end of the market, you have to be in video, absolutely, to, to even compete. And I think that as time goes on, that will extend, not completely, but more and more out towards the, the, the kind of free content in the mass market. I have a question, actually. Like, so let's imagine that you have a site in a niche where you're just not an expert and you don't necessarily have physical access to all the products or something. What do you do if you want to do this? Well, good question. I mean, these, like, I think there will be, we'll start to see more and more content, like people who are very, very good at producing content. You know, maybe they have their own YouTube vlog or something, but you know, they're, they're not making any money from it. Like the content production skills, anyone can go on YouTube and look at various uh, channels about how to make a good video and video editing. Very, very common, popular skill that a lot of people have. So I think what you'll, you'll start to find is some of these people realizing that they can make more money by working with bigger companies, doing their product reviews, doing their video marketing for them. The same way that if you're not an expert right now, you hire a writer and that writer writes the content for you. There's no reason why you can't do that with video. So you say hire YouTubers, basically. Yeah, basically. The only difference is that the entry point into where it makes it because it costs more to produce a video than it does to write an article. Although it's debatable these days for like high quality articles. <laughs> yeah, that's true. In general, it costs a little bit more, I think. And the entry point into where it becomes worthwhile, you know, you wouldn't do it on a $2 Amazon product that pays 4% commission or something. But on a big $100 affiliate that pays 75%, then sure, it's, it's probably going to be worthwhile. So what that's going to do, though, is it's going to open the, the bottom end of the market up to solopreneurs who can do video themselves, um, where big companies or even small companies that are hiring a team, it's not going to be worthwhile for them to hire. Same as SEO. Yeah, it's the same as SEO, same dynamic as, uh, as, as content right, right now. I just think because it's a, like a new thing, people have a bit of a mental block around it and are a little bit, I guess, weary of it because it's going to change things. Yeah, I think it's also like getting physical access to products, right? That problem, though, is a problem which exists at the moment as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, many people write, I mean, many people write these reviews. Kind of fake it to an extent with an article because you can just take product photos and put those in. Very, very hard to do that with a video. Condition. Yeah. <laughs> Or you make these shitty videos with like uh, just images, you know. <laughs> and to be honest, you can rank for like uh, product queries with these kind of videos. Like they're, like Lumen5, for example, is a good tool that creates like these kind of like really basic videos. But you'd be surprised how people still rank for these. Uh, I don't think that's a long-term thing, but uh, I think in the next few years, there will still be like enough gaps in the video market, especially YouTube. Whenever there's demand for th this kind of thing, I mean, we already see companies that will receive an Amazon product and do all the photography and stuff for you. So you have unique images. Some of them, they're already doing the same thing with video. It's a little bit expensive now, but I think we'll, we'll see a lot more people start to do that. And it's going to become almost commoditized in a way, I think as well. I think you can really find something where it's like you order on Amazon to like, you get someone that takes the videos for you in the US. You order on Amazon US, you get it delivered the same day. You can return or resell, you know, and like build a resell system for these items. 
they're like, oh, barely open, reselling for pretty much the same price. And then essentially building a system around that. I think Amazon actually has something built in that allows you to do that, to return open products that you use for unboxing videos and you get something. Yeah, there's, there's something official with, with it. Do you get most of the money back? I, I don't know. I haven't looked into it. So. Okay, that's quite interesting, actually. But I think that's the process to build, basically, where you like the, the loss is very minimal on the products, and you can just like keep buying and getting your money. Even, back. I mean, even if you just turn around and sell on eBay for seventy five percent of the value, and I think you can sell for more. To be honest, like you need to get Paulina to sell it for you. But uh, yeah, and hey, you've got a great video to promote it. So yeah. I think there's definitely this kind of process that can be done. I'm thinking about Mauricio that we have on the podcast as well, who does that for some niches. I'm not going to say which niches, but he does that. He, I know in the category he was reviewing, he literally has like 50 of each items. And just he was telling me, oh, that's all my Christmas gifts. <laughs> that's how you know it. But yeah, I think these processes, you, it can be figured out. It does take a bit more resources. But at the same time, you will most likely get more traffic. You will get more organic growth, etc. You can do real life tests of these products as well, which makes your written content much better. But let me actually talk about I know what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the video first approach and essentially something that we will do first on Atari Hacker next year and then probably extend to more projects if uh, we get positive feedback on that. I actually want to hear what you think. Uh, you can tweet at us at Atari Hacker. So the idea is all new content is first a video. So whatever topic we want to talk about, like, you know, we've done some videos, some articles, for example, on, like internal linking and we've done anchor text recently, for example, big anchor text analysis. We do all the data, but we'd probably just create a video that like explains all of that first. And from that video, like you can go different ways, right? If the audio alone makes sense, in that case, it wouldn't because there would be graphs. Then you can could make it a podcast or you can make a podcast about the same topic. But essentially, just like what I don't want to do is do the research multiple times. I want to take the same topic and then reuse it for every format. So let's say we have this analysis, we do a video, and then we do a podcast where we discuss the results, for example. But then... You will also give that video to an editor that could make social media teasers. So maybe like a 10 to 30 seconds clip that takes extracts from the video. And it's like, oh, like, look, we found this with Encotext and this and this. If you find, want to find the other findings, just click here to read, to watch the video. And also you will give the video to a writer. Like, and the interesting thing is your writers don't need to be as experts as they would be when they create the original content. You would give that video to a writer that would then create written content for it using the exact same research, exact same data, so that you can rank on Google. And then the page you have on your site follows what Thrive Team's been doing and what we've talked about previously, which you have a blog post with a video on top and an extended blog post below with like everything that works that way. Actually, all the lessons in H Pro and the Autorizer system are exactly on that format. So something similar to that if you're already a member. And then the idea is to essentially like let the traffic ping pong between them. So if people learn from search, there's a chance they will watch the video, which helps the video rank higher for its keyword on YouTube. The YouTube video will give a shout out to the blog post through the YouTube cards and links in the description. Social media will send traffic to the blog post and all the video, and you can make different teasers for different things. Yeah, it all just like kind of ping pongs from each other. And like people follow you on YouTube when they land on the blog post from search and all they might subscribe to your email list when they land on YouTube by going to the blog post, etc. So these things like help each other ranking and do better. And basically that's the idea. We'll start with a video and then expand to multiple things. And it's something that actually Miles Beckler has been talking about for a while. And I should have paid more attention earlier, but that's something I want to do more actually. And I think it's a really good idea. And if you look at how well he's doing, I think it's, it shows that it works pretty well actually. I think his wife does that as well. So I don't actually agree that you call it this is a video first strategy. 
because the video is just one of the the first pieces of content that come out of it. I think the core of this is really having a good idea and doing really, really solid research. And then from that research that you you established, you have the video, you have the the audio, you have the text. But it's like it's like a one to many approach with a content idea. Yeah, you don't redo the stuff all the time. Like, for example, these podcasts are a good example, right? We research this podcast, we have all these things to talk about, etc. And that's it. <laughs> and uh, and obviously nothing's done with it other than the podcast itself, which is quite popular. But I think we could reach more people if we had this kind of thing, which is why we're filming this podcast now, which is why at some point I hope we get these social media teasers and all that stuff as well. That gives you an, a bit of an idea of where we're going with video at least, where it's about being a YouTuber, but rather about integrating it in an overall content strategy, right? Do you want to talk about how to actually get into this stuff and how to get started, given the fact that we see you're very, you have this huge setup behind you, et cetera. So uh, tell us how to get started. Just do it. Honestly, like the thing with video and the thing with podcasting, the thing with blogging, you can spend forever reading how to do it, learning how to do it, getting instruction, watching YouTube videos, watching tutorials, all that stuff. And you can get a good base of knowledge from those things, but you're never going to actually really learn, get the experience you need until you actually just do it. So, I mean, you mentioned Miles just recently. His YouTube channel, Miles Beckler, I think he's at 100K subs now, actually, which is really big in the online marketing space because it's like a big space. But what he did was he had this 90-day challenge which was basically every day for 90 days, he was going to release a video with no question, no ifs, ands, or buts. He was just going to do it. And what that did was that forced him, first of all, to build the habit of doing it, which is very important. They say that if you do something consistently for 21 days, that establishes the habit and it's much easier to continue doing it. So obviously he achieved that. It also forced him to think of a lot of content ideas. 90 videos is a lot. You know, we've been doing this podcast for several years now, and we've only got 167, something like that, episodes. And we struggle sometimes to, to come up with ideas. So it really helps you to get in that kind of brainstorming content idea generation mode. It helps you to learn all the kind of intricacies of having to do this, that, and the other technical thing with editing. And you can see, uh, get feedback from people who will dislike or, in the YouTube comments, especially, send you horrible messages about how shit you are because you know your light was in the wrong place or something like that. I'm maybe exaggerating a bit, but you can get feedback from people and you can use that to improve the next video the next day. So that short feedback loops, consistent output, it's just it creates this like snowball of knowledge and experience. And you just generally get very good at something by by doing it that way. It happened to us actually, like, you know, we were talking for ages about doing these face videos, right? And what goes started is actually be like, okay, let's update Age Pro. And so that meant like literally probably a hundred plus videos to do between both of us. Even this podcast, as we're recording it right now, I mean, yesterday we spent half an hour like figuring out the video setups because we wanted to improve the video recording setup and mixing it with the audio and all these things. We're not even publishing this video at the moment because we don't have the systems or people to be able to chop it all up and, and post it. And we haven't figured that bit out yet. But we're still recording the video week in, week out because, well, maybe we'll do something with it in the future. But just because it's building that habit and we're getting into video by doing this. So 
I think maybe with video, there's because especially you're putting yourself out there in a much bigger way than you are with blog content or even podcasting. You know, it's one thing to write an article and so hide behind a, a fake persona. It's another thing to do it as yourself. It's another thing to talk about it on a podcast. And it's a whole other thing to shoot a video of yourself talking about that, that thing. So maybe there's a little bit of that going on in, in video. Yeah, as well. I think so. I think a lot of people are blocked by that. And it's like, I, I did feel that a little bit for a while. And I did two videos and I was like, fuck it. Like, it's just, I don't care anymore. In terms of technical stuff, though, I mean, you don't really need much. You need a camera and good audio is actually even more important than a, a good camera. Your camera just has, I mean, I'm recording this on a shitty Logitech webcam right now and it's it's not great let's be honest but it's it's good enough you know a 60 dollar webcam is quite good actually like you only get a long way a lot of these big youtubers who started in fact some of them still record it the vlogs on their iphones even yeah miles was recording his videos on the same webcam for ages as well with his uh, horrible headset as well you know like a, like like a call center i remember that <laughs> I mean, it just goes to show that you don't need amazing tech in order to do this. And we're fortunate in 2019, as we're recording this, in fact, almost every laptop in the world can do video editing. 10 years ago, that was absolutely not the case. You needed an amazing computer to be able to do it effectively. So the technology there is, is very easy. It's very accessible. Tools like Camtasia are just super, super easy to use. Or I think iMovie, does that come free with Macs or do you have to pay for it? Yeah, so 100% free. So that's why I put it in there. It's quite good, actually. Like, I mean, it's quite easy to use and you can do most things that you would need to do to do an okay video, basically. So I think uh, overall, it's pretty good, actually. I, I would recommend it if you have a Mac. Uh, PowerDirector is good on Windows, by the way. PowerDirector is like a really easy to use uh, video editor on Windows. It's paid, but it's not very expensive. In terms of equipment, I mean, we talked about the webcam, but an actual camera, like a DSLR with a good lens, what is that like? 500 bucks or something for an entry level model? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can get for like cheap, but like it's like usually like something decent is like six, seven, eight hundred at least, I yeah. would say. Just, you know, we have a friend who, who wanted to do this and he went out and bought $4,000 4K all singing all camera. Really, really great camera, but you don't need to do that to on, on day one. It's something you can upgrade later and later. Yeah, I agree. I mean, get going. It's like many people get a lot of views. I mean, Ty Lopez, right? Literally just pulls his iPhone out of his pocket. Makes millions of dollars. I think uh, an example I had as well was uh, Tim Solo from Ahrefs. He actually, yesterday, he released a video on a new YouTube channel that they're starting called SaaS Marketing Vlog, I think. Well, it's basically his channel because he got kicked out of the Ahrefs channel by Sam, who is doing the videos for Ahrefs because he thought his videos were not good enough. But he explains that he the first videos for Ahrefs were actually filmed on his iPhone 5, and then he used his GoPro. <laughs> and GoPro is, is really bad for these kind of videos because they have these fisheye effects, so like the, the corner are distorted, you know? Like it looks like you're looking in a, that's why it's called fisheye, like in a fishbowl, you know? But still, many of his videos, actually the top videos, I think I'm like number two biggest video on the Ahrefs YouTube channel, actually. I think there's like one above me, but I think I'm like number two, or maybe number one, I don't know. But anyway, many of Tim's videos actually are above any of Sam's videos. So like he, he, Sam has like an amazing production value. If you check Ahrefs videos now, they're probably some of the best in the industry on YouTube. 
but the basic GoPro video from Team actually is still better at this point. So it shows you that you don't need that much to do that. Same with like, uh, again, with uh, Miles Beckler, right? If I check, he has 110,000 subscribers and Ahrefs, which has like, puts a lot of money into this, like incredible production uh, value, 137 videos, etc. They only have 70K actually. So Miles Beckler has more subscribers. Why? Because he has 561 videos and he did one every day for ages. So it's like, it shows you that Actually, volume often trumps production quality, provided you have the right volume as well. Um, so I think, uh, I think, yeah, I don't think, I think it's pretty easy. The, the webcam we're mentioning is Logitech C920, by the way. Uh, the microphones we use are Rode Podcasters, but you can buy slightly cheaper ones if you want. Just don't buy a Blue Yeti one. I made that mistake before. They're terrible, those mics. So that's basically what we want to talk about in these podcasts, right? It's like, we think that you will probably want to create video in the future because it gives you so much access to so many people, gives you high engagement, it allows you to grow bigger audiences and sell better. Like all the big guys are essentially switching to video right now. Uh, just look around you. Everyone's looking at it. It is going to be a bit of a challenge, especially if you're like, you know, niche with physical products, et cetera. But there is processes that can be built around like ordering the product to someone in the US, have them make a video, resell it or have it this return system on Amazon, that kind of stuff. It can be done. Uh, we are switching to uh, this video-first approach from probably beginning of next year because uh, because we're doing H4 right now. And yeah, that's basically it. Oh, by the way, we didn't do a shout-out for our webinar, so I'm going to do that before the conclusion. If you want like uh, to learn how to start a brand new authority site, we actually have a free webinar. You can just go on authorityhacker.com. And this will be the call to action on top of the page and you can watch it. Actually, you know, I gave it a shout out for like a few weeks now. I got a few emails of people who went to take it and actually found a lot of value. I even saw some comments on our Facebook ads for it. We're like, oh, that's actually a webinar that's useful. Unlike most of the webinar ads that I get around the internet, et cetera. So this has good reviews. There is a lot of like free content. You will be pitched a course at the end, not gonna hide it. But the webinar is free and has a lot of like stuff that you can pick up, exact plugins we use, exact tech setup, how we find keywords, how we pick niches. A lot of this stuff is in there. So regardless of whether you buy the course or not, at least actually go check it out. And, I, and this is video, by the way. <laughs> anyway, that's it for this podcast. I'm going to give a shout out to, I'm going to give a shout out to my social media. I'm trying to get more active on social media. So you can follow me on Facebook. If you look for my name, Girl Breton, there's not a million of them. You can follow me on Twitter. Girl Breton as well. That's it. That's the only two I use. Oh, you can follow Authority Hacker as well. At Authority Hacker on both of them. Mark, do you want people to follow you or not really? Not yet. No. Not really. <laughs> All right. He's not ready yet, guys. But you can follow both uh, accounts on social media. So mostly Facebook and Twitter. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, you can subscribe. If you are not subscribed, if you are subscribed already but didn't drop a review, what are you doing? Drop us a review so that it helps more people like get access to the show. I mean, it allows us to reach more people basically, which is really nice. So if you got any value from this episode, from this episode or previous ones, you know, consider dropping us a review. And thanks for listening. See you next week.